Welcome to the fifth episode of the Product Weekend podcast, powered by Productized. This is where we meet the inspiring people behind great products. Today, we have with us Joana Nunes Cardoso, Head of New Product Development at Cofidish, and one of the speakers of the first Product Weekend event. Joana has a long experience in the personal credit space, as well as in managing the development and launching of innovative products. Besides being the head of new product development, she is also a theater and gymnastics lover, a mother, and an enthusiastic person with strong convictions. By the end of the episode, you have some books, travel, and podcast recommendations from her. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. What's the most magical place you remember from your childhood? There's some of them, but um, I, I remember because I passed there uh, some years of my childhood. It was in a theater uh, because my parents run a, a theater at Park Meyer. Mm -hmm. That's, by the way, it makes 100 years this year. Mm. Um, and but they were the owners, or they were yes, managing? they were they were um, co-owners. Mm -hmm. um, okay, what were you doing there most of your time there? Absorbing everything, uh, speaking and talking and singing with everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the most, what I enjoyed the most, and especially as I was growing up, was not the the show itself, even if it was always different, but you. It was the backstage. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember talking with some friends, etc., and they asking me if uh, I didn't want to be an actress or a singer. And I said, no, I really love the backstage mm -hmm. to participate in the, the creation and the rehearsals. And uh, uh, when I was always asking my mom to stay at the rehearsals uh, mm -hmm. all night long. So you, you never played as an, as an actress? I did an experience because once an actress failed the show, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, but no, it was not something that I would really like to mm -hmm. to follow. What you like was to see the magic happening behind the scenes. Yes, and knowing that uh, to happen that uh, it uh, it takes a lot of work, a lot of people that usually the public doesn't see to prepare uh, to. You know the 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 sentence the show must go on. I mm -hmm. have that sentence for uh, always, always mm -hmm. uh, since I remember because I apply it to everything because yeah. it's something that I really learned there. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, the show must go on yes. no matter what happens. Yes, always having the plan B and mm -hmm. uh, improvise and, uh, uh, and do being something. prepared also for those situations. Yes, right? yes, mm -hmm. yes, and. Uh, So that's one thing that I guess impacted your whole life. What other ways do you think the having this contact with theater and with that theater in specific impacted you as an adult now? You know that usually we don't think about it. And uh, I believe that only recently when you think about the future and you try to rationalize mm -hmm. uh, some things or some behaviors that you have that uh, you, you go back there. I'm not sure, but uh, I think that was one of the experiences and um, the living that I had, one of, one of the several others. So I, I believe that the diversity I, I could have, uh, mm -hmm. knowing a lot of pe different people, you know, 
something mm-hmm. that and we should think that we are talking like 30 years ago so yeah. a lot of things that today are really um, common and, uh, and easy to access yes, back in that was yeah. even in terms of contact with singers with actors uh, with mm-hmm. television stars uh, yeah now you can get the, to know with, them through yeah, social yeah. media even the TV yeah, and back yes, then they were more no hidden. It was TV yeah. or and uh, another ways of, of uh, you know living uh, um, even your daily routine mm-hmm. my parents have a very different daily routine for instance uh, even teams like uh, subjects like uh, homosexuality or jobs mm-hmm. that was wasn't regular weren't regular you know mm-hmm. nine to five uh, yeah. so that that gave me some diversity and some open minds yeah. uh, of the, the world or the city, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. uh, leading with others and leading with uh, the difference. Yeah. Um, but I believe that was also a mix of other experiences. Uh, I had, uh, okay, uh, uh, even so, a very traditional <laughs> education and uh, mm-hmm. regular school and etc. But you knew um, that other ways were possible, other different ways of living yes. were possible and were yes. legitimate. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when I say also a mixed and diversity, because I have that part, I have the traditional one. Uh, I was raised uh, also with my my grandparents. We, mm-hmm. we lived together because my parents had these crazy schedules and mm-hmm. times. Um, and so I had a, a really a very a strong uh based in traditional education. On the other hand, I, I had, I practiced uh, gymnastics, acrobatic gymnastics and mm-hmm. competition. So it's yeah. almost the opposite because it's discipline, it's hard work, uh, it's uh, uh, training, it's focus. Uh, so I believe all of this and it uh, gave me diversity and uh, mm-hmm. a way of leading with that. So that the gymnastics that you're talking about, you, you did a competition. Were you considering reaching a professional level? Did you reach that point? Uh, do you still do gymnastics? <laughs> well, uh, in gymnastics in Portugal, uh, especially 20 or 25 years ago, uh, we weren't professional, so we didn't earn money. So uh, I, I, I went uh, all the way I, I could. So uh, about representing uh, Portugal in international competitions and mm-hmm. uh, and having uh, well the participation in those competitions, etc. So yes, it was something that um, really took my my uh, youth years, but. Uh, uh, I thought, I felt it wasn't enough. So it was always uh, something that uh, makes part of me and who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still practice, but something more adequate to my age <laughs> or to my, to my availability now. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's something that makes part of me. And yes, it's something that made me a lot of, uh, uh skills are, and yeah. character, yes, and characteristics that I have, but it was not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. uh, to make a living out of it. Yeah, yes, exactly. and um, it was it, it's very very specific. So I always wanted to do something more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what did you want to to be when or to become when you grew up back then? I think that it uh, evolved also. So besides well gymnastics, I was divided because I loved biology and science, and mm-hmm. um, in school I was I had good grades. But 
I wasn't uh, crazy about math, mm-hmm. but I was crazy about biology and physics. It's strange, yeah. I know. Uh, on the other hand, I loved Portuguese, English, history, so all about humanistics. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I started to go to a path to law school or and then to journalism. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of ridiculous, but as most of we, when we were young, I wanted to change the world. So I mm-hmm. thought that being a lawyer or to being a good journalist, I could make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I started to, to invest in uh, journalism or communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I gave up to continue to law school. So you, you ended up studying communication and. After that, you started working at Cetalem um, and then Cofidish some, mm-hmm. some years after. Before we get into the details of your professional path, uh, can you give us an overview of what these two companies are, uh, just for the listeners that don't know? Okay, so they are both uh, financial institutions uh, specialized in uh, consumption credit uh, of financial products to particular customers uh, in the credit area, payments, cards, and they're both French, uh, mm-hmm. and they are uh, post-Second War um, companies uh, that started to to develop uh, and the conditions and to, to boost the consumption of uh, Europe after war. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both in Portugal for more than 20 years. As someone that has been for a long time in this space, what is something that have um, surprised you recently? Nowadays, it's it's an industry that is being uh, disrupted, and I see that uh, companies like those, like uh, Satellite and Coffee, for instance, they are actually innovative by by design or beginning uh Coffee-Dees was the first institution in Europe to have the a personal loan credit by phone mm-hmm. uh the only the only way back then or the only alternative was traditional banking yeah so i see them actually as the first disruption in banking you know mm-hmm. um But and then they they maybe fell into the same trap that the the banks fell that yeah, they yeah. were innovative at once they got attached to that innovation and then just they just kept it oh we are innovative we have this let's just keep it running for a long time yeah no? because they they innovated in the I don't know in the in the business and in the actually the way that we serve customer mm-hmm. okay it was that uh, yeah. so. And they, that, that allowed them to, to do some specialization and, um, uh, new ways of doing financial products. And now the second, the, the disruption that they're having now is the, the digital and technological disruption. Yeah. So the way you reach the customer changed, um, mm-hmm. yeah. again. So <laughs> and back then it was with the phones that no bank yes, was doing it through the phone and you yes. coffee managed to do it yes. but now it was technological also also if we if we think about it because mm-hmm. uh, it, well it was uh, the evolution of the technology uh yeah. it, there was the use also uh, in, in Saint-Lemain in France back there 
that they used something that called Minitel, that was uh, telematic, so it we used uh, the phone line mm-hmm. uh, to have the, um, the credit proposals instead of doing by the phone, so it was like the a pre-internet. Mm-hmm. So th- I, I think that it's it's an industry where there are some some steps ahead sometimes sometimes or in the in the their path there are some steps uh the difference now and what i see is that uh, all of these changes are happening much faster mm-hmm. uh, so the so organization also needs to to yeah, adapt faster and now mm-hmm. they are not as small as they were at the beginning yeah. and that's true uh in france or where they began Or in Portugal, uh, mm-hmm. we were like 100. Now we are we are like 700, and the portfolio yeah. that we have is huge. Mm-hmm. So that makes a difference, also. Yeah, of course. So you told me that you you were you kind of surprised yourself by starting working in a finance institution while you were studying, following the communications path. Uh, how did that happen? That you went to this finance institution. I was applying for a part-time job, like mm-hmm. uh, telemarketing or something like that. Okay. So I, w- I went to the interview, and uh, I told them that uh, this that they said uh, so. This is um, uh, a monthly contract. I said <laughs> so for me it's perfect because I need to do a my my trainee path so in marketing or communications mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, The day after, they called me and to ask if I wanted to do that uh, that trainee program uh, in with, them. with mm-hmm. them and in the marketing department. So I accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and then I I continued there and growing with communication, then marketing, then business, mm-hmm. and that was the the surprise and the hard part yeah. for me to upskill my <laughs> my knowledge in financial. Okay, and did you become passionate about this field? Did it occur to you to Go to other areas. Yes, because not not exactly. Well, the 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 business it was new for me, so mm-hmm. I like new things and I like learning new things. So that was a good part. It was also uh, like uh, um, new fields because the the company was really growing uh, mm-hmm. fast in Portugal. Okay. Um, so you had that feeling that I already talked about it in a previous episode that it was not the same company like every absolutely. couple of months. Yes, I tell no. that everyone because I, I was there 15 years. So it's not when we say that oh, today uh, 15 years in the same company. But actually, no, it was not at all the same co- the same company. And mm-hmm. if I see it. It uh, today it will be uh, a different company also, uh, and developing also other skills uh, besides communication. So that was the start. Mm-hmm. And you were you started in in marketing as you were saying, and your first contact with product, if I'm not mistaken, was as head of product marketing management. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that transition from let's say? Pure marketing, where you're more responsible for marketing for your clients, to product marketing. I don't have a, a direct answer to that question because um, the title you have can mean a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> a current example: what we call product today, it was not what I called product uh, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. 
So what exactly was this responsibility? So it was an evolution. It was more like the... Okay, besides I started with real communication, so doing copy mailings, campaigns. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we can call uh, product management was really to take care of the the very old uh, four Ps of marketing. Uh, and what we called products were like personal loans, assurance, credit cards. Uh, this was the, these were the products. Okay. So it was like to uh, setting the price, uh, constructing strategy, uh, dealing with the strategy and customer relationship teams. So really creating the product, uh, the features back then and uh the features, the communication, the pricing, uh, uh, how to communicate them, what's the PNL. So it was really a product management. But mm -hmm. back then, it, there were no digital products. I usually say that um, managing payments and cards was my first step to uh, my current PM role. Okay. Because mm -hmm. it it already had this strong technical component. Um, yeah. It's an industry that it's very technical. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really demanding. It's not pure uh, marketing, campaigning, and the communication. No, mm -hmm. it's really it's really developing. It's really presenting okay. features. Mm -hmm. And how was your transition from ZLM to Coffee Dish? It was because of payments, exactly. So it was to the challenge. It was to, to launch credit cards. It was a product, financial product that didn't mm -hmm. exist in, uh, in Coffee Dish Portugal. Okay. So it was really around uh, product management, if we, we can say, in the, especially in credit cards. And what has been your path from then until the position that you have now at Coffee Dish? That That's one of the moments that we talked before that it's like working on another company mm -hmm. now <laughs> because, yeah. uh, well, the product was launched, uh, the product exists, but always with the mindset, okay, now it's marketing management and uh, in from the developing and technical side, uh, the project, it's over. So now it's the tickets mm -hmm. for bugs and... Uh, yeah. A little more, and uh, then that that there um, we was we were given uh, the challenge to have uh, a new um, payments area um, to develop a new payments area in Coffee Dish Portugal. Uh, mm -hmm. Coffee Dish in the other countries already has some some products like Buy Now Pay Later. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, we wanted to test another way of delivering products different mm. from what we had before. And the uh, company decided to create a startup-like team. Okay. So more independent from the rest of yes. the organization. Yes. Mm -hmm. And actually what we did was, okay, like having three, four people together mm -hmm. to start that. Uh, and then... I realize now we created the product team. So you didn't have any product background, let's say. You were more, maybe more brought to the team for your specific knowledge of the, of the yes. industry and your experience. Yes. Right? Well, I had product experience. Well, of course, from, uh, I had a product. So yes, more Just about have, business. Have different names. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and in a, a, 
in different cost- contexts. While mm-hmm. I'm saying it at at the moment, and for most of us, it made sense. So, but it was mm-hmm. special for business skills. And then it was at the same time that João Freitas uh, came to to the company with the role of innovation and value mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. So uh, we started both with that that creating that team. Mm-hmm. Later on, I learned on the on the product the product course that I did in product school. Mm-hmm. It's like swimming, and you can't learn how to swim by a book. So you can yeah. read a lot of books, but really you have to swim because mm-hmm. it's really different well yeah. and well I, I apply that in gymnastics also because it's different to uh, know theory. how to do things yeah. and know to do things uh, because mm-hmm. i know how to do a lot of things but i'm not able anymore to do it so in any case so you had some product background even if it was not through other yeah. titles and other yeah. settings of work, but you are actually doing things that a product team needs to do, right? Yes, and then but that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But one thing that you didn't have was a technical background. Yeah, absolutely. Has that been a challenge to work with people with, with a more technical, heavy background and having to discuss with them to understand also their part? What have been the, the challenges there? One of the biggest challenges, yes, uh, and um, reala- realizing now how how revealing and how game changer it is when you stop talking about we and them, when mm-hmm. business don't say them from engineering and engineering don't say them from business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just semantics. It's it. It's a really difference, and so this was the the major lesson learned for me. It was hard, of course. I don't have technical backgrounds. It teached me to do more questions for me and for uh, all the the team that mm-hmm. uh, uh, worked on the old way of as and the others. As versus uh, them. Yeah. And now we are all a team that yeah. want to achieve a common goal. Yeah, Let's yeah, teach yeah. each other the things that... Yeah, absolutely. The knowledge that we like on both sides. This so. was a big change mm-hmm. uh, and, and a big difference from the old product management, uh, from more from a marketing and business side, and uh, to this product management of digital mm-hmm. product. And what has been your attitude towards learning these new, new disciplines? What's that balance that you have there? It's really a balance and it's a mix because... Actually, it is important and in everything in life, I really like to understand the whys, mm-hmm. to make questions. But um, back then, I wasn't really allowed to do some questions. <laughs> and mm-hmm. someone says, no, this is zero, one, X. No. I could ask why, but I wouldn't get the answer. Also, because on their side, there would be the... The us versus them yes, thing. Yes, so why that's is she our asking business. that? You yeah, don't have anything yeah. to do with this. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly like that. And the other way around, because yeah. if some if engineer... They ask, why do we yes. need to build this? Because it's Be- business you yeah. don't understand. Yeah, exactly. So so the mixed part is because uh, I believe that the first, the, the starting point was really to allow ourselves and uh, each other when you, you are uh, starting dealing with the team and a really product team allow each other and ourselves to to question and to 
to to share and to um, give opinion and really ask the why and if it could be because for me it's always simple <laughs> I say mm-hmm. okay you can plug this here so it's simple <laughs> um, it's like kind of a joke that we always, we always say mm-hmm. and then we gain the trust mm-hmm. and yes I don't uh, question everything and every decision so at some point you start to have this uh, trust field uh, mm-hmm. and uh, okay there are some things that you don't uh, don't um, doubt or you don't question and then because you feel that there is they uh, have it under control and, yes, they... and there is an alignment and I know mm-hmm. that uh, we all know what we are doing what's the goal Yeah. so um, if there is that basis of understanding and what we are doing and what we want and what's b- the best for our, our product and our outcome you, you start to gain that, that trust that gives you okay you don't need to know everything you don't need how to code everything because mm-hmm. you all so it's a path it's it's something that uh, we also need to construct mm-hmm. to build assuming that this field that you're working on that you you like what you're doing if you could go back to your 18 year old self what you would you have chosen to to study well fortunately things are are getting better in that field uh, programming it something like that mm-hmm. but it was impossible to to doing do all only that but mm-hmm. that could be a good basis and then to continue continue to to upskill like in in business in design uh, mm-hmm. In communication, even I think. In yes, because there are real. Yes, because I, I think that the, the diversity that we we need in the world, in the companies, um, it should really start in our in our learning path and in school. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense to complement the the subjects, and that's why sometimes math is boring or physics is boring, uh, because if you don't match and you don't complement and or. If just reading uh, Lucia is boring because mm-hmm. you don't connect them uh, yeah. with real world or needs, bigger or picture or the application that it can have in the in the real world. Yes, or or in something that you like. I, I was uh, so in uh, humanistics, so I was from the generation that at the tenth year I stopped having math. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to to go back there, like I'm in financial institution, so it's mm-hmm. crazy, or I'm marketing, so it's crazy not having math, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't make sense. With 14 years old, I can choose something that mm-hmm. uh, has a huge impact. Well, on the other hand, we also know that uh, we 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 have now we have to have the the mindset of the eternal uh, apprentice. Continuous learning. Yeah. yeah so uh, it's never too late. And on the other hand, it's it's really uh, you have to assume that uh, you don't know. Well, almost nothing. I don't want to be too much philosophic, mm-hmm. but uh, as much as you learn, yeah. uh, you realize that it's really uh, little what you know. Yeah, for sure. Let's go to um, a bit more in depth to what you've been doing or what you're doing now at, at Coffee Dish. What's the, the achievement uh, in this new team that you're most proud of? 
Um, well, the products, of course, already has three launched products. For me, the the way that we did it and uh, how we make it the go to the, the go to market the launch, it was like in two years with the pandemic in the middle. It was like the same time that uh, I had or we spent to develop the credit cards. So mm-hmm. the way we did it and how we did it and uh, the acceptance that they, it had from the users uh, makes makes us as a team really proud. But mm-hmm. most of all, it's actually the team and uh, the amazing people that it's working on it. And uh, what we achieved with uh, the, the barriers that we break... Mm-hmm that we broke, like the one that I was saying, like engineering and business, like there mm-hmm. are no as a them, mm-hmm. like everyone is is in constructing the, the product and know what they are doing and wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. And regarding that, those barriers, we already, you already mentioned that it was a bit like a startup uh, on the side and also this growth that, that's been happening, especially with Coffee Display. A lot of people have been talking about it as a startup-like growth inside a, a big firm. And, and Coffee this is still that. It's still a big firm, still mm-hmm. with a lot of traditional things. And you were talking about breaking barriers. And you give, gave that example of um, business and, and engineering. What other barriers did you have to break? And how is that interaction with other areas of the company that eventually are still much more traditional the two main barriers are the different ways of working was one putting the customer and the using using experience first mm-hmm. and not the regulation the technical uh, possibilities or the risk rules first mm-hmm. so that's something that we should struggle every day and it's easier doing uh, traditionally and uh, it's really tempting doing that. To go that. back to the traditional way yes, of doing it. Yes, yeah. even for us, now that we are growing, then the, it's more comfortable. It's almost easier, but mm-hmm. so it is a daily daily struggle for us and uh, to, to, other, to other areas. So putting user experience and... Uh, the interest of the success and the value that we're delivering for customer and, the, of course, revenue and value for, for the company. Mm-hmm. The other one is to really having the, um, the mindset of, uh, of a fail. Uh, mm-hmm. like embracing fail. Yes. Failing. And our, our main argument uh, since the beginning, it was, oh, we are just testing, we are a little team, it's little mm-hmm. business, it's a pilot, and we started like that. So the impact is not huge for the company, so okay. Well, now as we grow, uh, we can tell it like that, but we, we must uh, uh, maintain the, the mindset that, okay, so we tested in a population or... And if we fail, we fail. It will not uh, bankrupt <laughs> if we mm-hmm. fail this controlled yeah. way. Because all that we, we, we did, and we did a lot of mistakes, and we already changed a lot of things in the product and in the process. Uh, but it could all 
go wrong and uh, mm-hmm. from the beginning. Uh, but so this is the second barrier that is on daily basis also. So each time we want to do something and do it differently, I think that that's also important to, okay, have the a damage control plan. Okay. So it, if it goes wrong, what we are, are we going to do? We are dealing with real lives and real money. So mm-hmm. it's important even to gain them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I have a plan for so those damage control. Backstage, making sure that the plan B Voila. is always in place. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. but it's important. And then to show them, okay, we did this. It's, uh, it was a success. It go well. Okay. Super. But okay. It went wrong. Okay. But the we knew show must that. Go on. Yes. Show must go <laughs> on. And we do the other way around. Yeah. We end it. We don't need to do it for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So embracing change is also yes, a and accepting important. failure. Except mm-hmm. that could go wrong. Yes, it mm-hmm. could go wrong. Ah, and if yes, it could go wrong. <laughs> we knew it already. Yes. Yeah. All right. What were the main learnings you took from the go-to-market process with this with this few products? Yeah. Coffee display. You must assume that you know nothing because mm-hmm. everything you thought it would happen cannot happen like that um, mm-hmm. um, so it was really observing okay that some things were confirmed were um, mm-hmm. were, were like yes mm-hmm. were, like we, we we planned and we tested and we li- we did a lot of tests with users etc so that part was uh, was really great seeing that uh, users are accepting it uh, seeing uh, uh, the growing uh, of, uh, of the business, uh, but also those surprises that you always have and uh, we're still having that, oh, what? They're doing that? No, we didn't mm-hmm. thought about it. <laughs> so, and that, that's user a, behaviors. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Okay, they're doing this, but when they can't, they do the other way around or something that we thought and or at least with the 10 users that we tested, it uh, went really well. And mm-hmm. then on real life, you see that there are a bunch of new things that is happening. Yeah. So what was the biggest challenge you've been through as a PM? Overall, it was really leading a product and a team and an ecosystem where you're not really expert in anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. I had some business background. I, I had my, my knowledge and my, mm-hmm. my experience. But now when you have all of the disciplines with you yeah. and you, there's people it, that understand more about the yes, disciplines than yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. One more, some of them more than uh, and others, of course. So, and it's when you realize you're the dumbest pe- person in the room, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dealing with that, it it really takes you to your humble level. So you have to assume it and learn with it and uh, deal with it. And mm-hmm. you have to be transparent with that. Mm-hmm. That was something that you learned in this, in this process, becoming a manager yes. of these people. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So being humble, uh, learning, uh, accepting, accepting the difference, uh, accepting the uh, well being being the the student really being um, the apprentice mm-hmm. in this field you need to to lead with empathy so emotions are are important here 
Sometimes also you need to take actions that require some, some coldness. So this balancing and managing emotions uh, is an important trait for a product leader. How have your emotions impacted your work positively? Okay, first of all, I must agree with this mm-hmm. <laughs> statement. And it's something that I'm constantly working on it. For me, it's hard. I was going to say it was, but no, it still is hard because I, I, I'm usually very enthusiastic about things I believe and mm-hmm. uh, want that... Um, go go forward mm-hmm. and i came from the that that uh, that scenario that filled in that was as and them and it was easier to to have a fight and uh, the little wars between it and business mm-hmm. and getting emotional and not uh, exactly by empathy but but by strength mm-hmm. and now uh, dealing with um, the empathic stakeholder management and uh, the having this um, this relation within the team with different disciplines, mm-hmm. it's really a, a, again a teamwork, especially when dealing with uh, external stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a daily, daily work for me, uh, mm-hmm. and the development. What we, we gathered was that we, we started to have, you know, that, um, I got your back strategy. Mm-hmm. When I know that, uh, someone, uh, will lose the temper or don't deal, uh, so well Not with someone kidding. on some situations, we, we change places or, okay, yeah. now let me, I'll do, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, Again, about team. So mm-hmm. really, so identifying I when someone is uh, struggling with ma- managing a certain situation and tapping yeah. into that. You also, I mean, you do that with the people in your team. Do you yes. also feel that they do it with you yes, when they absolutely. realize both, both, mm-hmm. uh, both. If it is about uh, technical skills or uh, behavior skills mm-hmm. or uh, or relations. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really good dynamic when, when teams achieve that. And, and I feel mm-hmm. that we, we did it. Great. What's your favorite thing about working in product? Well, both creating, you know, when you mm-hmm. are, um, you are discovering what to create. Yes. Discovering, testing their hypothesis, uh, mm-hmm. and then the launch. Mm-hmm. About all the things that Seeing I was talking about. Come to life. Yes, yeah. yes. And I need that, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, you to keep on launching. Yes, mm-hmm. keep on launching or observing what are they doing with my product? Uh, is it being used? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, uh, getting feedback. So beginning, having, uh, designing ideas, uh, testing hypotheses, uh, and uh, deep diving on the problem and then launch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. There are some things in between, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, we are reaching the end. I just have a couple more questions for you. What's one lesson that you have learned while working in product that you wish everyone learned? Mm, there are some. 
accepting that you can fail, mm-hmm. but not just doing everything wrong, but uh, accepting that it could be wrong, it could fail, but as I said, having the plan B or knowing what are we going to do if mm-hmm. it goes wrong, that's important. And especially if you're changing that way of thinking, because I was a perfectionist, so for me it was really a uh, mind change. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's it comforts us if you do this exercise, okay, yes, it can go wrong. What will I do mm-hmm. if it goes wrong? So yes, you so can also taking a bit of pressure from everything needs to be perfect to it may fail and we will learn with it. Yes. It's not failing, it's a learning. Yes, thing. it's a learning, of course. And what are we going to do with this failure? Because that's what yeah. we do in, and what we, we, how we will reach the, the products and the process. So yes. You need to ask why, even and especially if it fails, Mm -hmm. um, both to have what will I do with this and to understand why did it fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What one advice you'd give to someone starting their career today at a big international firm like Cofidis? Embracing that mindset of apprentice again. There are a lot of things you don't know and it helps you to go to the next step that is accepting that are a lot of things that you don't control. Mm-hmm. So those rules are just just facts that you have to, yes, and you show, to deal with. And if you, if you show that there is another way around, but understanding why, because the, the, the most common sentence that you hear is, we always did like that. In big companies or traditional or I, I don't know, it is the sentence that you hear most of the time. Mm-hmm. So accept that there are things that are like that, but question, don't don't stop question. Okay, but why? Mm-hmm. So don't try to change it right away. Yeah. Try to understand it first. And also probably don't get frustrated just because those obstacles I are like there. I like that, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's why I always, I, and I, I like a lot history a lot because you really need to, to understand what brought us here, mm-hmm. uh, to, to try to change or to make it differently. It's not enough to say, I, we can do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why? Because yeah. I, it could be a stupid reason, but there are reasons for things is doing, uh, mm-hmm. is to be the way they are. Mm-hmm. There are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. To wrap it up, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, dead or alive, who would you choose and what would you ask them? A hard one. It could be one of, not especially one of them, but one of the Portuguese explorers like Mm -hmm. Pedro Alves Cabral or Magalhães Mm -hmm. to really understand why. (laughs) Why 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 did you do that to yourself? Yeah, kind of. And, and you, took with, you took with you a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, if we think about Magalhães, he, he was refused by the Portuguese king. Mm-hmm. He went to the Spanish king because he really believed that he had something to do to, to make a world a better place. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's to really, really their inspiring. And their drive. Yes. Yeah. And how they did. 
they didn't have the means, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we we love to to complain about not having the means and the the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, they created the tools. They okay, we create a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it was really I don't know from today's perspective, you know. It's yeah. really hard. So how how did they do it? Why did they do it? And uh, I think that was really uh yeah, so it's interesting to put things into perspe- perspective. Sometimes we are like afraid of making a decision at work or yeah. like even Cross launching <laughs> launching a product or not. Oh my god, it may go wrong. We may lose our jobs at yeah. the most. They could like or not succeed, but succeed. Just yeah. this was like a product <laughs> let's say yes. that they were launching with the risk of just dying on the f- day one yes dying uh, kill a lot of people and why and it was not like crossing the world it was discovering the world yeah they, they don't even knew or they if they there fi- was something at the end of yeah. the yeah and you mm-hmm. know like oh, Pedro Alvarez Cabral he, he wanted to go to India and he landed on Brazil so <laughs> It's it's amazing. You never know what's going to. Be. Yeah, so I believe he he accepted his fail, so he failed. Yeah, he wanted to go to India, mm-hmm. so he he failed. Yeah, but still succeeded. Yeah, mm-hmm. another success, a different success. So that's yeah. uh, pivoting. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> went really good, <laughs> and so yes, I would really like to have a coffee or tea or something mm-hmm. with one of the the explorers. Great. Just to finish our episode, just to leave some recommendations for for our listeners, what would be your three favorite books? Well, to be consistent with my last, uh, what I was saying, Lusíadas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that there are some things like like these questions of why and being great, and um, mm-hmm. so that it occurred to me with the, because mm-hmm. what we're saying about explorers. Yeah. Um, more, most recent that I read, Sapiens. Mm-hmm. Uh, From Yuval Noah Yes, mm-hmm. yes, because, uh, well, uh, it's really about who are we, uh, how we evolve, how we, well, it, mm-hmm. it, it was very interesting. I, I really like those, those, those studies, mm-hmm. those themes. And, Something more rational uh, mm-hmm. that I just read, that factfulness. Factfulness. Mm-hmm. That uh, it has some really, really interesting experiences and um, correlations and uh, that showed, shows us the importance of deciding over facts and over figures and uh, mm-hmm. see the relationship between figures well and for someone that like me is not really an expert in math and also mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of that no but it, it's really interesting and uh it brings us the, the importance of data and uh, the mm-hmm. the key figures and uh, uh again the wise uh, actually i haven't read that one i read one enlightenment now you know if you heard uh, of no it. yeah i think it's also about yeah facts and figures to explain why our world is better than ever, even though we keep saying that it's 
Yeah, so it's, it's okay. more. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's similar in factfulness. Yes, I, 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 I believe the that. Yeah, the message was was similar. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and what are your three favorite cities? Well, Lisbon is definitely Lisbon, the first one. one. So, be, and because I, I believe that Lisbon is uh, getting better every day. Mm-hmm. So I always lived in Lisbon, and well, New York. Well, New York is New York. I think mm-hmm. everything can happen in New York and everybody identifies mm-hmm. uh, with something in New York. I don't know. I, I believe that if I have a podium, it will be these two, not not three necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> This is uh, interesting because I think at least two other speakers here mentioned both Lisbon and, and New York as favorite cities. Okay, so And I, <laughs> I can attest to, to Lisbon that is a great city for non Portuguese listeners come to, to Lisbon to visit. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. And for podcasts, do you listen to podcasts? Well besides productized podcasts, actually I don't hear a lot of uh, podcasts recently mm-hmm. I started to have some to list, try to listen some product podcasts and I listened to do you some, have some recommendation some episodes from Mulheres do Produto mm-hmm. it's a Brazilian podcast from association of women in product and another one that is product lunch like half an hour maximum uh, podcasts that are Well, our typical subject that we lead with in our product management life, so they are mm. both interesting. Great. Joana, thank you very much for joining me for this conversation. Where can people find you online? Well, first of all, thank you. It was really mm-hmm. nice. Always a pleasure to talk about these subjects. Um, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Joana Nunes Cardoso. Okay, perfect. Then thank you very much. Thank you. See you next time.